You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, don't get us wrong. There's still going to be plenty of randomness to the show. Of course. But, that's the name but, of the show. But, the other, other name is off topic. But this is football what you want we got a lot of hard listen but it makes your rage listen our voice is about the games and you know we talk about the latest goings more so than any other and our mountain west matters well will you you listen to this podcast too. And you. You rant about this podcast too. Just a side where German analyze the matches and kiss between the bridges. We do some good interviews. And you know from Fresno all the way to Boise, from Logan down to Esty, they're calling out our name. Where will you? You listen to this podcast too. And you, you love this podcast too. All right, welcome back to the uh, first, um, I guess this is the official first off-season uh, podcast, Mountain West Connection. Check us out, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, usually, Blog Talk Radio, most lo- most likely, Jeremy Moss with Matt Kennerly, and it's uh, fine news to talk about for 45 minutes, right? You, we're in the off-season now, but the important thing to remember is that we're in it together. Together, yes. We have other stuff we could have pulled in, but there was um, – We'll say we'll sparse the um, early. Um, do we need to discuss the? Um, I guess we can. Early odds for week one <laughs> already. I saw a little bit about that. What was it? Colorado State opening is six and a half point underdogs. Yeah, and uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown. We'll get to all this stuff. We'll list uh, top twenty-five games, um, non-conference games. We'll make our own fun little lists. Are okay, but we'll. Do more than just that. We uh, might actually do some recruiting talk. Maybe. Ooh, maybe. Um, we did get an invite to join some guys' radio show. I'm like, um, I apologize. We've been slacking this year, but we'll make up for it on signing day. Well, some stuff out there, but uh, hey, do you want to know how to get a lot of Twitter um, interaction? I would love to know how to get a lot of Twitter interaction. We oh. we should totally do this. So. Earlier today, I was just um, off-season talk here, so who cares? Um, hey, there was a um, – if you ever see replies like big companies, like a lot of interaction, or unfortunately um, soon-to-be President Trump, if you see people interact there, they'll basically spam the accounts because they know there'll be like thousands of replies. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through. I'm like, oh, New York Times. This is interesting. It's hot again, which it's been the hottest year ever again. So I'm like – let me just reply and somebody goes, hey, where's the map, folks? I'm like, oh, here's a little chart for you. I've literally had – we should do this for a regular site. Like like I said, almost a 1,000 some sort of likes or retweets or favorites or something. What can we do that's not too spammy to get our account that recognition? What do we need to do? Skip Bayless' account maybe, unfortunately. I don't want to go near him, but is that one we should touch? Maybe Clay <laughs> Travis maybe. <sighs> Whitlock? I don't those guys. Oh, man, it sounds dirty talking about them. <laughs> Just saying there. Global warming is I don't know. global warming is driven by hot takes. Oh, and I found so many people who don't think it's a thing. And we'll get to actual sports stuff, but here's the funny thing. Or I don't know if it's funny, dumb, or ironic. 
Because over the past thousands of years, up and down, temperature-wise, correct? Ice age and whatnot. I, he, this guy rebut, rebuttals me, hey, what about this one? I look at the, I told you this earlier, off like before just chatting. His end was the Industrial Re- Revolution. Um, we've had a lot of um, stuff happen after that, cars and whatnot. <laughs> As the kids say these days, life comes at you fast. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? But not none of that stuff. I just thought that was funny. But we just need to think of a brand. Maybe help us out to who should we just kind of not keep it on topic but just put something in there that'll get us a lot of interaction we could always go punk florida state fans again oh that's a good one fsc twitter oh that here i think that's a good idea so draft day it's not till april or maybe the 40 time or something where it's got to be something that's not off the wall but sort of so let's just say um the 40 yard time let's just say um i don't know what mcnichols runs or dalvin cook runs let's say it's like within like 0.02 in McNichols favor. Let's just say like he blew him out of the water or something and hashtag FSU Twitter. Well, I think that's appropriate. Nichols is like two hundredths of a, of a second slower. We could say that Dalvin Cook is hearing his footsteps. <laughs> I think that's that a great idea. That's a, that is a good one. So that that's one to keep in the pocket for um, pro day or combine, which is uh, I don't think McNichols has been announced. Not many people announced unless they've done it themselves. I'm assuming McNichols will be there, as will Cook. Depends what they run, but the Combine's end of February, so that's an excellent one. Um, also, if, um, just a quick side note, if you're the Fresno State and Colorado State basketball games going on, 15 players are suited for Fresno, only 8 for Colorado State. So, I did see something about that. I, <laughs> I live about 5 minutes away from the St. Mart Center. I kind of wish that I had gone to go see what that was like, but... You know, it's Wednesday night, so of course I'm here recording for all of you fine people out there. It's football, of so course. Football's more. Than... My, I hope my sacrifice does not go unnoticed. <laughs> yeah, me and Eli will discuss hoops tomorrow, so or next time we do a show. But you should go because Safe Mart—they're very good at home. Out outside of that Prairie View game, they've won every game at home. So yeah, and apparently they can't draw anybody. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. All right, so here's what we're, here's what we're discuss. We just got a bunch of news and notes. We'll have kind of a main topic, maybe not. We'll discuss that um, probably uh, soon to be failed pro football specifically because why not? It's football. So let's do some new stuff. So your former offensive coordinator is it okay to call him your former. Is that are you okay with that, well, Eric Kiesel? He is no longer gainfully employed by Fresno State. So yeah, I think that would be fair. How would you judge his wide receiver coaching ability with the? Uh, with the Bulldogs out there. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say because I feel, and I've, I've made this argument elsewhere, I feel like the production that you saw from the wide receivers this season, given everything else that happened on that offense, was about as good as it was going to get. Because... You know, if you go and look at some of the you know more advanced numbers, like the big three that were in the rotation this year, Keyshawn Johnson, Aaron Peck, Jameer Jordan, like none of them posted any kind of thousand yard season or anything like that. You know, maybe they suffered from you know drops every so often. But what stood out to me is all three of them improved their catch rate at least incrementally, and you know they. Each, you know, at least as far as like raw catches, all three of them had more than they did in 2015. You know, some of that I think is is dampened a little bit by the overall inefficiency of you know the quarterback situation of the offensive line, especially not having a running game at all to lean on to speak of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like coming into the season, I felt like the wide receivers were going to be a strength. And given the appropriate context, they were probably fine. So if I'm a Boise State fan, I mean, I'm, I guess I would be cautiously optimistic just because, you know, everywhere the Kiesau has been, especially in, in recent history when he was, you know, a wide receiver coach at Kansas before he went to Alabama, before he came to Fresno. Like he was, he was fine there, and then like at Cal, like he was fine, and then at Colorado, he was, 
or Washington rather, he was, you know, Washington may have been his best stop. But I mean, given the program that they have up there at Boise, you know, it seems like it's very rare for them to make a misstep when it comes to coaching hires. So, you know, I, I was I was thinking about it earlier and it seemed like it would be a really cruel irony if, you know, Fresno goes out and gets the brother of the most successful quarterback in college football history, you know, <laughs> Kirby Moore, Boise State guy. Yeah. But then, you know, Boise goes and gets Fresno State's former offensive coordinator and comes out ahead anyway. Like, I feel like that's well within the realm of possibility at this point. Yeah. And like I said, the receivers, they were 8, 9, and 10. Like, technically, if you put the numbers together, that trio was, production-wise, the best in the conference, just about. Almost. Boise yeah. State, if you only count receivers, because McNichols was their uh, third leading receiver, I believe. Yes, he was. And so there's going to be a lot of coaching in that bringing guys in because evaluation, because Spurbeck's gone, like I said, McNichols is gone, um, Chaz Anderson's gone. They do have Cedric Wilson back, but that's about it. Jake Rowe's gone. So it'll be uh, – I think I think it'll be fine. It's uh, He has enough experience across the country and out west where it's, it's just kind of, a, oh, he got a job despite the Fresno offense being, you know, bad, terrible. Terrible. But I guess in don't the ask, one, don't ask him to be a play caller. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, looking at what they've done, the receiving core, like I kind of thought, wait, are they really that good? But yeah, they they got their job done when at needed to. But it just seems like the numbers seem for what the wide receivers put up. You would think they would have scored more points. A hundred, about one hundred and forty receptions between three guys is quite a bit. Yeah, but like I said, a lot of that comes down to, you know, failings everywhere else along the offense. I don't think that's necessarily there. Yeah. All right, next, a um, little bit of news. Uh, we mentioned before the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Um, get your money ready, six now point favorite. Would you take that now? <laughs> I think that I would, honestly. Early, early June, January? quarterback for Colorado um, they lose some players from their uh, solid team that's probably true I mean, you, you never want to say never but yeah I think that you know with the kind of flux that Colorado is going to be going through not only losing you know Sefo Liufau but um, they lost a couple of pretty well regarded guys on their defense too if I'm not mistaken so you know obviously there's a long way until August and things like that but yeah, if I had to put money on it right now, I think I kind of would take CSU against the Red. I think if running game you can get there with um, Marvin, Kendrick, Marvin Kinsey. Who's the guy that tore his ACL? Mackenzie <laughs> or Ken? <coughs> why do I always say Mackenzie every time? Mackenzie, Marvin Kinsey. I don't know why. I don't think he'll be back, but if the running game gets going, if uh, Nick Stevens is the real deal again. Up. Sure, why not? And also, real quick, uh, might as well. Friday night, so I guess buy your get your tickets now. Sure, might as well. Um, also, really quick, um, and this is future news. Ten years hey, you know what? At least that new facility's paying dividends. Essentially, that's what I could imagine. And they're playing. Arizona's they're playing terrible. a decade from now. We don't know who's going to be good or bad. It's like I think they're forgetting like the golden rule of like think about it like NCAA fourteen right. The last time I played like a like a dynasty in that game, I think Army won a national title within a decade. So weirder things have happened. You never know. Yeah, maybe. That's going to be a few years after. Yeah, then everybody goes to 16, and most of the teams in the Mountain West end up happy. But we'll see. Patience. Yeah, it's a decade. we got time. Maybe we'll talk about it then. Who knows? Patience. Here's the big, actually the biggest, um, well, we'll, do, we'll save this news to a minute later, but uh, 
really quick, Tommy Stewart, Boise QB. Yeah, I mean, he's stepping into a place where he can compete for a job right away. And Duquesne, from what I understand, was not that bad last year. They were 8-3, and three, and, you know, it's not like he's a bad quarterback. He just kind of got beat up by Brett Rippon, and I think that if he goes there, and I think he could find a measure of success, you never know. Hoping last year he could have got that starting job. Ryan Finley. Shoot, who went to NC State? The other Boise quarterback. Yeah, Ryan Finley. That's right. He went to NC State to follow up the OC. I think Stewart's hoping. All right, I'll be the backup. Nothing happened. Nothing happened with Rippin. He played fine. Didn't regret. Well, played it good enough. I'll say. I wouldn't say he wouldn't regret, but good enough to keep the starting job. And so he is uh, on his way out. That's. Um, he's going closer to home. He's from Baltimore. Duquesne's out in Pittsburgh. He can play right away. And they went 8-3 last year, and they only need a new starter next year because uh, Dylan Bruchel was a senior last year. And so, possibly, the good things for him, maybe, maybe something good come of that. So, get the play because, just, um, Tommy, I got some advice for you. Please don't go to Zach Klein route. That's too yeah, to maybe just stick it out, see what happens. Just go there, just play Duquesne, who knows what could happen. Um. Joe Flacco went to Delaware, and he's doing good things with the Ravens, so you never know what happens. And uh, the other news, we'll get to the other QB news at the end. Next month is Black History Month at CBS Sports Network. I have not because I do not have CBS Sports Network. Okay. Have you seen have, I haven't watched any of this, but have you ever seen any uh, I have not. watch the ESPN 30 for 30s. Those are really good. I don't, I'm assuming CBS will be fine because when they do done stuff before like this, it's, they do pretty well. And it's What it's about, it's a pretty controversial thing. It's the uh, Black 14, the 1969 one week football team. It's I don't know what, like there's no, I don't get the significance of doing it this year. I guess sometimes there's a 20 year thing, 30 year thing. It just happened to be the case. It's an interesting story because and there is a guy who listens. I'm here to the Oregonian mm-hmm. now. He wrote a I forget his name. I want to say Peter Thorburn. Or no Ryan Thorburn. He writes for Oregon Oregonian. And I chatted him from other work. We had him on about some BYU transfer for our show about BYU football and we mentioned he had this up. It's it relates to old whack stuff and Mountain West. He's like it he said basically these guys not playing because the Black Fork team, what they're all about, it started with um, civil rights, obviously the civil rights movement, and with Martin Luther King Day last week, and then they got um, next month, uh, Black History Month. 14 players planned to wear black armbands before Wyoming's game against BYU, because at the time um, they were protesting the uh, Mormon's fa- ban, because African American um, could not be what, uh, hmm. priest or hold the priesthood in, the, in that LDS faith. Only if you were that's how it was, colored bathroom, white. Unfortunately, it was like that. So if you're a white person, yes. If you're faithful and eligible to have that honor, yes. If you were not, out of luck because that's what they thought at the time. And part of it was a protest playing against BYU. Yeah, this, I mean, I was reading the synopsis too over an awful announcing, and there was like, that was a story that I'd never heard of before. And so, you know, I'm hoping, you know, knock on wood, that CBS Sports Network finds a way to put this online somehow so that someone like me can watch it because it seems like the kind of thing that you know any college football fan could get into yeah off season stuff and let me find the book because it's an interesting thing because it's at the time because you, you know the story that Buffalo running back when they made their first bowl game they went to the Orange Bowl and they boycotted because yeah. they weren't like black, black athletes players on college football in Florida and so there's, there's, I forget what year that is, but this is about the time, like 1969, pretty big deal about stuff going on. There's also that movie now, what is that? Yeah, Tragedy of the Moment. With uh, the actress from Empire. Was it Tragedy? Yeah, Henson. It's a similar thing about um, her being a mathematician and two other ladies as well, African-American ladies working in the space program. Very smart, need to do stuff. It's kind of, 
similar time to have that type of stuff. But that book, I'm trying to find it right now real quick. But it's an interesting story because they kick him off the team, and that guy Ryan Thorburn who wrote the book, I'm trying to get the title here, where he he's not, well, he basically said it changed the face of Wyoming football, set them back decades, which probably could. It's just called the Black 14, the rise and fall uh, and rebirth of Wyoming football. He has stuff mm-hmm. up until, he talked with, um, I think, 12 of the 14 people, uh, those players. He even, the book was published just a couple years ago. He has stuff from Dave Christensen on there. So he was pretty, uh, so it's pretty recent. It's published in 09, but he was he had interviewed and chatted with Dave Christensen a little bit. But if you lose 14 players on team, it's nothing as severe as like the Marshall plane crash that, that unfortunately took out the whole team when I believe everybody passed away at that crash. But 14 players and African-American athletes, obviously better at some positions than others. And so losing those players and then in fact, why would I go to that school if the coach, if I do anything controversial, the coach can kick me off. Why would I go play for that school? So you can see a minimum of a decade plus worth of recruiting issues trying to get getting player African American players yeah. to go to Laramie, Wyoming. It's tough enough to get to Wyoming anyway. You know what I mean? If you're from Wyoming, I want to go play in Florida. I want to go play in Texas. I want to play somewhere warm where it's not zero degrees every day and windy and snow. And so it sets them back here. So it hopefully it looks like it's an hour long, I believe. What do you have the air date? It's uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. February 11th, which would be a Saturday. What is it, February 16th? Is that correct? February 11th, Saturday. So hopefully they do put online or clips. I know they did one documentary. It was um, NBA one about the Houston Rockets. They put it online only, I think. It was, um, oh, sheesh, it used to be their NBA insider. Uh, his name's escaped me now, but they did put some online like that. So maybe, maybe, or maybe it'll end up on documentaries, end up on Netflix or Hulu. So maybe we'll catch there. So it's, I would re- definitely check it out. Just because that type of history is like, it's obviously not extremely positive for getting kicked off the team, but their stand justifiably slow, I think, for, well, why do you disrespect or not like black people? There you go. And why do I want to play against that team? And so, they're also doing a bunch of that month. One is about the uh, Texas Western, now UTEP 66 title team. So, so check it out. Let's go to Black 14. Check your, um, yeah, check it out. So, we'll see. Sure. Next news. Let's get to some lighter news, I guess we'll say. Quarterback news. I am Wolf skeptical. Pack. Nevada Wolfpack. Of David Cornwall. That's who we're talking about right now. Yeah, former force. Yeah, because, I mean, re- the recent track record of graduate transfer quarterbacks in the Mountain West has not been sterling, let's say. Um, obviously, not only him, but let's not forget Brandon Connett was here for a year and basically didn't do much of anything. But, I mean, even beyond him, like, you know, the guys elsewhere in the conference, like Phaeton Bauta last year, how much did we talk about him? And then he ended up making one start that was, like, so disastrous. And then basically (laughs) never saw him again and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, some people will point to the Alabama name, but I'll just remind you that, you know, another Alabama guy transferred to North Texas last year, Alec Morris, and he got beat out by a true freshman. Yeah, like the Mean Green. You know, they went they went bowling, right? They went like six and six. It wasn't because of the Bama quarterback. Sure. It's, I, I don't like him moving's fine because when Jalen Hurts won the starting job, what are you gonna do? He's a true true freshman, so it's like. He's a grad transfer. He can play right away. He has not thrown a collegiate pass. He's he battled for the starting job last year and this year, and so like he's recruited. He has talent. But he hasn't played in a while, and so it's the track record's not there. But again, it's a it's a fine transfer. But what's kind of puzzling? I See, I think what makes this particular situation different from the other grad transfer situations in in recent years is the fact that I think we have, we're starting to get an idea of the kind of offense that they're going to run. And I think that whoever wins that job, whether it's Cornwell or Ganji, you know, I think they might just be looking for a guy who could stand back there and throw the football a lot. 
you know, and which is different from a guy like, you know, Connett or Bauta, who were strictly speaking kind of change up quarterbacks. Like they were known more as runners than as throwers. So I think if there's anything different about Cornwell, it's the fact that, you know, he could step in and compete for a job where they're going to be asking a lot of him as a passer. But what are they like? Okay, I'm looking around. There's been no. I'm trying to look up, up from the Reno Kids. Like, That's the thing. Like, obviously, it's it's January, so we're speculating a lot. But that would be my educated guess. Like, you wouldn't bring in that kind of guy if you weren't expecting him to compete for a starting job. Sure, and new coaching staff, and so it's like, well, I don't have to go with the incumbent, Darren Ganji. And so there's that to consider where, okay, you have Cornwell coming in. He's – I don't even know if there's a relation with that, but with what Matt Mummy's going to run offensively in Van Norvell, they're going to pass a lot. They are apparently going to um, include the running games. I'm looking at some recently done by Chris Murray just um, the other day saying that the uh, yeah. running game, like he's assured James Butler is going gonna to get the ball still in the hand, hand passing running game and short passing game because – not that this is going to be Oregon's offense when they have Tim Kelly, but if you look at Oregon's offense, they have guys like Garrett Blunt, um, Sean Michael, those type of guys. They ran the ball quite a bit. They also throw it a lot. But this isn't that type of offense. This, this is probably yeah. going to be more Washington State, Texas Tech offense, I'm assuming. And Mummies right here said, like, the air raid identity, it's, it's an identity more than the hard and fast scheme that can't be changed. So... It's a lot of like the old pistol scheme, which is really a formation taken by other schools and tweaked up. Yeah, it's um. Oh, do you know the official name? What the air raid is not going to be called at Nevada. We need to um. You know what? I haven't. Do you, and now I'm what the name is going to be called. You want to guess what it could? Be? There's there's no way to rhyme wolf with air, so I have no idea. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I'm lukewarm on that. I think, you know, maybe workshop a little bit if they have a sports marketing department over at Nevada Reno, maybe hand it off to them. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it's okay. It, it rhymes. That's helpful. It rhymes enough? Um, should, we, should we test it out? Can we can we at least agree that it's better than dog wired dudes? That's uh, that's Fresno State's do thing during this recruiting season. They're out there looking for dog wired dudes, and that makes it makes no sense to me. They they just need they, they need to put more time and effort into these hashtags. Uh, on occasion, yes. Do you read off ball announcing somewhat regularly? They do a thing, like, should I listen to this about podcasts? And if you heard or oh, seen God. the uh, Woody Page podcast, it's called, like, Muted. Muted or something. Yes, exactly. That's the thought I had exactly. But uh, going through there, they because they do a feature, it's interesting. It's like, okay, maybe I should or not, but I read it just because. And like, like just because you put hashtags doesn't mean it's a good idea for people to find it. They put the most random hashtags in there, and so it's like it's, that reminded me of that. So the pack attack, eh, maybe we'll see. But I, I think with the offense are going because when we we seen Ty Ganji, he he can throw somewhat well, but he's also a guy who moves his feet a little bit. He's not a guy who's just a pure pocket passer, which Cornwell seems yeah. Um, that type of uh, signal caller. So I, we don't need to make a guess now, but that's one of the. We'll probably break some of this stuff down later on, like next month or so. We'll do some like position stuff. That's out of the quarterback stuff. That and maybe I would agree. Probably the top one to watch out for. Would you think so? Maybe um, Fresno State, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Will be, uh, something, right, to look forward to. 
Alright, so that's that's kind of the big thing there. And then um, other news we got. So we're just going to get to... We may skip the one topic I mentioned before. We're going to talk about the Pro Pacific Football League. Maybe not. Because we'll see. Okay, Bowl Week. Draft stuff. So Shrine Game, um, NFLPA, Bowl Week. No. Um, honestly, do you watch any of these games at all? If they paid me, I don't know, let's say 15 bucks an hour. If somebody gave me a, a yeah, if somebody gave me $45, I'd watch the game. Okay. Fair enough. The games don't mean too much just because the practice is what's really the big deal. So here's what we have going on. They're both this week, and you have the East West Shrine game that's a bit more known. It's, um, it's out in Tropicana. It's an NFL network. So if you want to watch it, check it out on NFL Network on Saturday afternoon at uh, what three Eastern noon noon out there on the uh, excuse me Pacific uh, time coast. It is on SB Nation Radio, so hey, support them, I guess. I don't know. You want to? Do you want? I wonder, to if, I wonder if there's a line on this game. Jeez, sounds awful. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up while you talk. There has to be. There. Oh, let's check right. There has to be, but um. I'll chat a bit. Here's the players in the game. There's a handful of players. Obviously, the Mountain West are on the west side. You have the Wyoming Center, Chase Roulier, Air Force wideout, Jalen Robinett, Fresno State DB, Taekwon Glass, Kevin Davis out of Colorado State, Calvin Munson, thought he would have got a senior bowl invite, Aztecs linebacker, and uh, Weston Stillhammer of Air Force. Anything? I would have to say... Air Force wide receiver Jalen Robinette because Air Force runs the uh, triple option. And he he doesn't get too many chances, so I think this will give him a chance to actually learn an offensive sort of work with coaches to see what he can do because his no- production wise good, but actual numbers not really there. If you think about it, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I think for me, what's the guy who, you know, it might seem like an odd answer, but I feel like someone like Calvin Munson has something to prove just because, you know, the talent on that defense was so high, especially compared to, you know, a lot of the other offenses that they were dealing with in the West Division. Then I'm curious to see, you know, how NFL teams respond to his performance this week because obviously he's a talented player in his own right. But. You know, is he going to be able to hold up if maybe they ask him to be an outside linebacker and they ask him to be more exclusively of a pass rusher? You know, being in that three-three-five defense is you know unique in its own right. It's kind of you know along the same lines you were going for Robinette. You know, what is he going to be able to do in you know a more flexible defense? Like, is he going to be a guy who rushes the passer? Is he going to be more of a coverage back or? Is he going to be kind of a hybrid? Like, you know, how big is he compared to someone like a Dion Buchanan or something like that? Off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly. That's true. It's like because Aztecs play that three three five, so he's not like a traditional inside linebacker or outside linebacker. Yeah. So like if they're moving he, him around a little bit Aztec. more, how does he respond to something like that? So I'm interested in that. I think he'll probably end up being, you know, some kind of like day three, like a you know fourth round pick or something like that which is you know not a slight or anything like that um yeah because he's only 6 245 so he's not i don't know if he's big enough to play the inside i don't know if he's by nfl standards i don't know whether he fits better on the outside or the inside so i'm curious to see what he does i would think at 245 inside would be fine but like in a couple things when you play in this odd defense because you either like when they say oh they're versatile that could be a good and a bad thing because if you're versatile oh he could play inside linebacker he could play defensive end he could put his hand down he can't that's good he can do all that but then on the other side does he know one position so well where where he will dominate yeah. not saying it's the case here but that's whenever you hear guys are versatile on especially the offense it's fine like Tyler Irvin for he's with the Texans now he can catch the ball he can run the ball play special teams that's different than a defensive player yeah. where. Oh, he could play safety and linebacker. It's like a TCU guy wears a similar scheme with Gary Patterson and Rocky Long. And speaking of that, it looks like um, by the time you hear this, uh, Rocky Long should be getting a contract extension. Well-deserved, I'd say. The, there's, 
there's a uh, press conference scheduled tomorrow morning. I just got a message on that. Um, nothing official what it's about, but looks like an extension for Rocky Long. So congrats to him. Speaking of the Aztecs here, a couple other guys here. I think with Robinette, like, like I said, if he can get a practice with um, – Sorry, not as good like a slight saying a real offense, but it is a more NFL offense, a more passing offense in Air Force. We see he can catch. You want to see what he can do, and he's meeting with teams like here. He's meeting with the Colts, Chiefs, and Panthers. All three teams could use wide receivers. Chiefs have what uh, Kelsey at tight end. That's about it. Tyreek Hill maybe. Mm-hmm. They're pretty weak at wide receiver. Panthers are Cam Newton. Kelvin Benjamin wasn't very good this year. Um, Ted Ginn's a freaking mess half the time, <laughs> and so and then the Colts. Uh, I don't go play with Andrew Luck. That'd be amazing, right? Go play with him. What can go wrong? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think all three of those teams would be really interesting fits for very different reasons. Yeah, and a couple other. Uh, the only thing I can find is looking for notes. So WalterFootball.com is a good place for notes on this draft stuff. If you never checked them out, please do. They are a great resource. I know you checked them out last week when we were mentioning the 2018 QBs about Josh Allen. But um, there's because there they have all whose meetings. Like um, what, the only guy I could find notes on really for practice specifically was Chase Roulier, the Wyoming center. Mike Mayock of NFL.com or NFL Network. Um, basically, says he's handling handling pass protection very well, and he's and he's open to eyes this week, and he's already met with the Rams, so. That's something to look out for. And so he's the only guy who had any notes at all. So there's going to be another practice on Thursday and Friday. So check, like, Walter Football. Check NFL.com. ESPN Insider may have some stuff. So look out for news there. But he's one guy. And uh, also this guy, Jeff Risden, on Twitter, does stuff for Real GM Football. Um, I think that's what said is You've heard of Real GM, right? Uh, it's usually a basketball basically, site. yeah. It's like not rumors, but they have a lot of transactions they compile tweets. But there's also a football side to it, real GM football. I believe it. Yeah, it's Jeff Risden on Twitter. He's there a lot, and he's doing a lot of videos on Twitter. It's just at Jeff Risden. Check him out as well. He's, he's done some stuff of Chase Roulier. He has some notes. I should have looked up before, but I didn't. But yeah, check him out. He's there doing all sorts of stuff at the uh, for the Shrine game. So if you want to catch up on those guys, Aztecs, uh, Falcons, definitely give him mm-hmm. a follow. And then another quick note, real quick. We're not going to bust. We're going to bust through all these really quick. Uh, Kyle, Kevin Davis of Colorado State is met with Baltimore. Hey, if you play defense with the Ravens, that's pretty good. You have uh, Munson Eagles and Saints they met with, and then Air Force uh, Weston Stillhammer met with the Vikings. So those are who's met with who this week. You know, hopefully, if he end, if he does end up someplace like Minnesota, hopefully he'll uh, keep all the other guys in that defensive backfield from. What was it they did uh, late last year? Like they basically ignored Mike Zimmer that whole thing. Not the boat thing. That was years no, 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 ago. no, no. They, did, like, the they, like they were like supposed to single cover Jordy Nelson or something like that, and they just basically said, "Screw that, we're going to do something else." I I don't recall. I just remember the Lake Minnetonka thing. All I remember ago. is that Jordy Nelson ended up going off for like 150 or something like that. And so obviously it didn't work. Ugh. No, listen to your coach, folks. That's the that's the key from that. Listen to your coach. Also, what with these Falcons guys, like people, like, well, why are they going to bowl games? Why are they doing this? They, these guys have NFL talents. Obviously, still hammer, all American, multi-time Mountain West Conference, um, what all all pro player or excuse me, all conference player. There's now an exception they made last year, where it used to be almost no matter what. You'd have to go do your two years of service. Like Keenan Reynolds with Navy, he'll do some like um, reserve stuff in the offseason. But there's stuff now, like if you're a, a legitimate draft pick, it's going to be case-by-case basis. But if you're good enough to play, they'll defer those extra years you need to uh, basically repay your schooling there because you're there to serve the, serve the country. When you go to the academies, you don't pay anything for school. It's all paid for tuition, room, and board. And so that's why these guys are there because if they're good enough to be picked and drafted – They'll meet in front of some board or something and state their case. That, hey, I will defer and serve my country another way, or wait till I'm done. Give me, let me get a chance to pro career instead of waiting a couple of years. Like David Robinson with the Spurs had to wait a couple of years before he got to play in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Last little bit here. I yeah, I think our main our other topic is going to be gone by the wayside next week. The NFLPA Bowl, another bowl game. Um, there's not much news in that because it's a very new game. So um, this is a game where 
I think it's on TV. I Do you know? This one is also on NFL ah. Network, is it not? No, I just saw it now. FS1. Oh, okay. Interesting. Coached. Oh, just um, this one's going to be coached by Mark, Mike Martz and Jim Zorn. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, I don't know who Jim, Jim Zorn is. Zorn I know who was, Mike Martz is. the head coach of the Washington Redskins for a couple of years. And I think he went eight, oh, eight a couple geez, times. And, you know, Dan Snyder did what Dan Snyder always does in D.C., Peace out. Yeah. You're done. He is currently no, not currently. He has not coached since 2012. That does not surprise me. Where he was the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback coach. That's not about right. Where was he actually? Hey, he actually coached at Boise State and Utah State. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 88 to 91 at Broncos and 92-94 Utah State. See, yeah. <laughs> What's interesting to me about this particular game, especially compared to the Shrine Bowl, is you know you're not getting a lot of the big names that we've talked about from week to week. Like there's there there may be no you know Weston Steelhammer or Calvin Munton in this bunch, but there's a lot of really interesting names. Like, for example, Brigoberto Sanchez is here, which is kind of cool because. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mountain West in the last couple of years has had a few pretty good specialists, and Sanchez has definitely been one of the better kickers in the conference. You know, you get a guy like, you know, Taolo Tulele, who very quietly had himself a very good year at UNLV. You know, you've got someone like Terion Gibson, who's moving from that unique run heavy offense to kind of seeing what he can do in a pro style offense. And, you know, other sleeper type guys like Isaiah Irving from San Jose State, you know, Lucas Waka from Wyoming, you know, Leo Koloa Matangi from Hawaii. So you're you're looking at some deep cuts here, but I think that's what makes this particular <laughs> For bowl sure. really interesting to me. What's well, also another chance too, because there used to be just a senior bowl, you have the shrine game, then you have this NFL NFLPA bowl. <laughs> I want to say there's like a Texas versus Nation Bowl a little bit later, but it's just another chance to be seen because there's how many times have you seen guys like not a ton, but like undrafted guys make a team stick around and play well in the NFL. And so they also have out of the regional, instead of doing the only Indianapolis combine, they have the regional combines now you can do where you can go to. And so there's, it's kind of it's basically like if you can play, they'll find you. And so the odds of any of these guys getting drafted, it's honestly probably slim just because like, there's a few things like, Oh, you're undersized or you, you were injured or you just, you weren't all conference or you weren't first team all conference. These guys can still play obviously, but there's something to say where like Terry Gibson, he's a little bit smaller guy. He plays in the, or like, like the offense, like you said, his offense is different. They want to see what he can do in a pro yeah. offense. He might be good doing toss sweeps because how fast he is, or he might be good in the short passing game because how quick he can do or return game. Do you want to see guys do stuff like that? So that's what these kind of things are like, where get a chance to be seen by NFL prospects because you never know what could happen. Because there's a, I always forget who it was, but there's a guy who played for Columbia. He's now in the NFL. He's already retired, but he's like, I know he can play football. He's like, I'm good enough. They'll find me. If I'm good, if, I, if I'm there, if I have the talent, they'll find me. I'll get in the NFL. He had a long NFL career, went to Columbia, and also got an amazing education by doing that. So it's not my different level, but these guys are good enough to NFL guys. Like, let's give these guys a shot, see what they have, because certain circumstances might be a reason why they're not at the Senior Bowl, didn't get a combine invite or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you see the graphics, especially these days with the NFL playoffs going on. It's like – you know, recruiting stars don't always matter, you know? And I think... Well, let's just say it's the low... Let's say this. The lower star ones are more irrelevant than four or five Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you get to the NFL, like, star ratings don't matter. Like, you see, you know, two-star guys, three-star guys thriving everywhere in the pro ranks. Or you get the guy... Minnesota got that... Who is the guy from Germany who played wide receiver? Uh, Oh, yeah, that's true. Or Wyoming going to Europe to get players to play for their team, a couple of Germans mm-hmm. as well. So, if, like I said, if there's talent, you could be found. So, 
I'll ask you the same question I did for the Shrine Bowl. Like, do you think that there's anybody on either of these teams that could benefit? Like, maybe someone who, with a good performance, goes from being undrafted to, I don't know, a sixth or seventh round pick at a minimum. Kickers are hard. I think Sanchez has a good chance to impress, but it's like there's so few kickers that get taken. That one's kind of hard to say. Well, I think there's two guys. I think Lotulale, partly because his related to Star Lotulale at the Panthers, and also I think he's a cousin at University of Utah who could get drafted. So there's kind of like, oh, your family, there's something there that know that you should have something involved, like with football, or that you're, it's a pedigree or whatever, like, oh, they, they're an athletic mm-hmm. family. So there's reason to believe there could be something there. But I think I like Terry and Gibson because I people might say, oh, you like Gibson all year long. Look what you've been saying every week. If, But it's true. There's reasons he has big plays. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things like and, will his explosion play on the professional level? Like look at Tyler Irvin with the Texans. He – Gibson, I don't know. Do you know how many catches Gibson had this year? Was he involved? I don't, probably not many because New Mexico didn't throw the ball very well. But his ability can be returned. He can um, – probably like a Jack, Jack was Rogers type player in the NFL a little bit or like when he was at Oregon State where – I think Gibson should be involved in the passing game. Like, doing the swing routes, that's something he could take advantage of. Tosses. He's not going to be a guy up the middle. He could be a guy for, like, um, off-tackle type stuff. But I want to see if he could do it a more. Because the New Mexico's offense, while it's unique, the schemes itself aren't too foreign to the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's just that no NFL team runs a diamond set with two tight ends or something. Yeah. You know, there's, you're not going to see that. You're, you see, There's pistol in the NFL. They do that. He's used to the pistol. There's a little bit of um, split shotgun. So his, the, what they do to Mexico is not really s- extremely foreign. A little bit in the option game, like in the toss option. But even then, you'll see it sometimes that'll happen. Like with the Cowboys trade a little bit here and there. And with Dak Prescott and, other, and even Tony Romo occasionally. Or Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. So I think he has a lot to gain where people want specialized running backs. Because usually teams don't have one guy. There's not Ezekiel Elliott very often. They'll come in and get 30 carries right away. But if you give him 12 touches a game, two two on the special teams, and maybe a couple pass attempts, a couple handoffs, 10 touches a game, I think that's where he has a chance to improve in value. Just because, on the, like I said before, the offensive side, if you're if you're a versatile and you can do three spots for one guy, do special teams and pass and and run a little bit reasonably well. Those are guys they want because they don't want. There's a reason late in running backs careers, like um, trying to think of the old um, Minnesota Viking running back was a couple years ago before Adrian Peterson. He was his good running back, but he couldn't stick with the team because all he could do was run the ball. He couldn't play special teams, couldn't catch the ball. But I think Gibson can do most of those things and that'll give him a shot at the next level. And I think he has a chance to, impressed with big plays uh, against this team. He's got a couple issues with the, uh, was there the gun thing in marijuana? That's a concern they'll look at quite closely in the NFL for interviews and things. But I think out of these guys, I think he has the most upside. Yeah, see, to me, the two guys that I'm interested in are both the, uh, the offensive linemen that are going to be a part of it, which are, you know, Koloa Matangi and, you know, Jake Simonich from Utah State. You know, because Simonich could be the next guy in this kind of recent track record that the Aggies built up of sending, you know, solid quality guys to the NFL. Like you remember, you know, BJ Larson was a contributor, you know, Tyler Larson, I believe stepped into a starting role in Carolina this year in his third year in the pros. And, you know, Simon is very quietly, like he was never an all conference performer. If I remember correctly, he was honorable mention like three years in a row but you know he's solid. yeah, but solid. he's six five. He's three hundred pounds, so he definitely has the size, and he also has the kind of durability that I think will get a few looks at the NFL level too. Like he started, you know, in this article from the Utah State website, he played in fifty two games, which is the second most all time in school history. So, you know, health is a skill, and he seems to have it. He seems to have the size, and I think that can go a long way you know Kolo Matangi I think is going to be a little more interesting because he's not quite as big but I think they're going to have him play center if I'm not mistaken 
but I'm wondering how much flexibility he'll get, you know, throughout the week, throughout the game. You know, maybe they'll make him play a little bit of guard or something like that. But, you know, he was right there in the middle of that really improved offense on the islands. And so I'm interested to see if, you know, he can get a little bit of shine going forward. Yeah, there's plenty plenty of guys that can make some moves moves and noise. But these games are this Saturday, so check them out if you want to starve for football. Watch a few minutes of it. Just don't spend your afternoon doing it. Maybe spend 15 minutes. If it's raining, we'll allow you a little more time. Or if it's freezing cold and your neck of the woods like I should be yes. this weekend. Is it a – so I know San Diego's getting all that rain. Are you getting any rain in central uh, I believe it's raining right now outside on a Wednesday evening. Ooh, all right then. Anything else we need to add? Because we've kind of went over a bunch of things and something we didn't get to, which we may or may not do Sadly, next Sadly, I could not find a betting line for the Shrine game. Oh, neither could I. I looked as well. I could not find one. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take the team for the with, the, with the Mountain West guys. That We'll take the West. Let's put it that way. There you go. West team to win. So send us your questions because we're going to attempt to do this every week. We're going to probably do a little recruiting next week and the week after, so that's kind of hopefully filling stuff out, maybe some other news. We do want to – the one topic we didn't get to, we will probably down the road because it's football. It's interesting, at least to me. The uh, Pro Pacific Football League that may or may not come out next year. We're going to chat about that. But recruiting next week, week after, and maybe some position breakdowns. I don't know. We'll figure something out, right? We, we should want to get people um, – Yeah. Year-round football, right? Is that, is that our goal this year, We're I guess, now? We're in this now? together. Let us know if the pack attack also is a thing you want to happen. <laughs> we can workshop some different hashtags live on the air. We did come up with the quinterback, after all. So, don't... We, we did, I think. And saying they ain't played nobody. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, too. <laughs> so, yeah, send us questions uh, or whatever comments. Um, hate mail mwc connection on twitter and yeah we'll be back next week probably about every wednesday maybe thursday when this gets up and going so yeah any topic is up for grabs maybe we'll do a random bracket for march non or uh, non-basketball edition so yeah that's our show for tonight stitcher um soundcloud itunes uh, check it out and hey, it's off season but we are still by 